0: This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. We
1: are focused in on Elmer, Ontario, because Elmer declared a state of emergency earlier this week, and Elmer has a a couple of rallies now planned. One, their freedom rally. They're also involved in something called Drive the Line And we also have another rally that is being put on by a group that was created by our next guest. And that is Dane Couture. And the group is the Elmer Ontario and Area Pro-Mask, Pro-Science Movement. And they're having something called the Elmer Cares Rally. And we're lucky enough to have Dane with us right now. Dane, how are things?
2: Hi, good. uh, Mike I'd like to thank you for giving me this opportunity to uh, kind of talk about our care. And you said, you said I created, I just want to correct you right there uh, just from the beginning. Uh, I'm only uh, just but a human, a person, a part of the community. I'm just a spark that created this big fire. Uh, I didn't create uh, this. Uh, We all created this part of Elmer. We all stand united. We all stand together. So I thank you for listing me as me creating it. But really, it's not me. It's everybody.
1: Okay, well, I love that attitude because that's the kind of person I like to—I like to think we all can be. Um, but at the same time, we're looking at a, a situation in Elmer where this—this this has been a tense week. You live in Elmer. What's it been like since the state of emergency was called?
2: Oh, uh, well, it goes—it goes further than just this tense week, uh, uh, Mr. Stubbs. It actually goes back uh, since the beginning of this. Uh, this COVID in March, uh, we were doing good as a community. We still do good as a community. We stand united. We stand strong. Uh, It just seems like this past couple of months, not just our community, but uh, the world in general is kind of just uh, forgetting about what we're trying to do and get rid of COVID. And uh, as you can see, it's not just our numbers that are increasing. It's everybody's numbers are increasing. And and this, to me, hits home, hits home so much. But to speak really on Elmer, uh, this, this past week, I couldn't tell you what it's like because I'll tell you what. My wife and I, we, we want to start a family and she was pregnant and we, we found Elmer uh, because we heard so many good things about community. I heard a story about how uh, a lady, a member of the community, uh, ended up having a heart stroke and, and she wasn't able to afford and do all these changes to her home to make it accessible. And so the community, with their own money, came together and built this and made the changes in her home and built her a ramp. And, and we heard this story, and this story really hit home, and we decided this is the place we want to be. We moved in July, and and it just kind of slowly progressed from there. And what really hit home was about last week, uh, two weeks ago, actually, uh, I was at the gas station, and a, 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 uh, a member of the community had stepped in with no mask inside of the store. I have a brand new baby, uh, He's 13 days old, and he decided to pretend to cough or really cough, I don't know what it is. Uh, So I just kind of turned around to him and said, uh, excuse me, sir, do you mind putting on a mask and it escalated so quick? my friend, Mr. Stavrid, it just went so nuts. Uh, I actually just quickly paid, he didn't remove himself, and then I left the store. And uh, I'll tell you what, I haven't actually, I own a home, my wife and I own a home in Elmer, and we, we had to go to the in-laws because I can't even live in the town and get groceries safely. So I live in a home that I can't even live in because of this, and because there's a majority, not a majority, there's a minority in the town that, that believes that we don't need masks to fight this COVID. And, and everyone has an opinion, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but the majority of Elmer stands united And we stand for the businesses. We stand for everything, the policies, the politics. We stand for everything united together because we need to beat this COVID so that we can freely have freedom.
1: You mentioned you have a majority that in the town wants to make sure that they're helping to keep everyone safe. There is a minority that is speaking out with words like freedom. And you have people who have already been together in a group and have put together a rally in which very few of them, if any of them, were wearing masks. I remember seeing a sign that said, Masks Kill. Uh, You have a rally coming up this weekend, this Saturday, that is kind of a a counter-rally to what is the Freedom Rally. Why put that on the same day as the other one?
0: Uh,
2: We chose this day specifically... Uh, not not to counter them because everyone deserves their own uh, opinion and everyone has their freedom and this is the thing we chose this day because it's the only day of the really uh the saturday it's supposed to be really nice and and what's coming up and this really hits home is, is veterans day because of covid we're not allowed to attend as a group and celebrate why we truly have freedom and the veterans have granted us this by their fight in our country and all the countries and we truly here in Canada have a big freedom and it's thanks to the veterans and and so for us that's who we're supporting we're not we're not doing an uh, anti-protest and anti-rally we're actually just supporting uh, the cause for the veterans who have fought for us for freedom and then we're supporting the government the health care the nurses everyone that's important the teachers the frontline workers everybody that dedicates their life every day by wearing a mask and keeping everybody safe and so we chose this day many reasons uh we we chose a different time though and we chose the time of them doing it on opposite times so they chose an afternoon we chose the morning that way we kind of have uh the police who we support can kind of have more control over both groups and keep both groups safe
1: so what time does your rally start in elmer
2: Um, Our rally started uh, as soon as this post was made, but the true rally on Saturday, the true support rally starts at 9 a.m. And then we plan to clear the streets and have everything cleared by noon uh, because it takes a little bit for the police to kind of regather their thoughts and then go back to it again.
1: And then the freedom rally will, if as it stands right now, be held in the afternoon. We've talked about the drive the line movement, which will be coming in. You haven't lived in Elmer that long, but at the same time, even with uh, you know uh, some of the the tension, some of the sentiment, do you believe that this town, after COVID-19, can go back to being that nice southwestern Ontario place to live?
2: Oh, it, it has never gone away. It's just that 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 sentiment has been muffled by. Uh, people making louder noise. And so that was why we made this stand, because we want to be loud as well. Uh, We can't sit on the sidelines anymore. And that's the the spark that I created that kind of gave everyone the fire to come together. And so, yes, we'll be there Saturday, November 7th, 9 a.m. to noon. And we're going to have on our, uh, like you said, on our Elmer's Cares page, there will be a setup so that you can come and sign up because we have to respect the, the, the policies in place by the gathering limits, so we're going to actually have time slots for people to join us. And we're meeting at a central spot uh, by, the, the, by, by, by Palmer Park, uh, near the banjo, on a bench, on a, on, a, on a nice public space in the park. And we're going to have people come in, in groups of less than 25, so we can maintain orderly fashion and the safety of everybody. And we're not just routing; we're not just going and walking around everywhere. We have spots, exactly precise locations, that everyone is kind of close but they're still in their own individual groups of less than 25 people maintaining proper uh, safe distancing of more than six feet uh, because we truly support everything that the government has done, and including Mayor French, who unfortunately is going through some tough times with uh, anti-sentiments, and so we, we support her. Uh, the community supports her, and it's very, very clear.
1: Well, Dane, we really appreciate you talking about your side of things and your perspective be safe, and uh, here's hoping that uh, southwestern Ontario becomes that place that you want it to be, because it's a great spot to raise a family.
2: Oh, it's fantastic. And we ask anybody that wants to come, uh, please join the Almer's Cage page. And we're also going to be asking for non-perishable donations for the corner cupboard, because we can no longer have a Christmas parade. And from my understanding, for the for speaking to people from the community, that is their biggest uh, fundraiser donation box time, is the Christmas parade. And so we're kind of trying to substitute that. So we, uh, we open it up to Londoners. We open it up to St. Thomas. Just go on the Elmer's Care page. It, it is open. It is a, it's a public space. Uh, later on today, we're trying to get things together. Uh, and we're going to have a sign-up sheet. We want everyone to be really safe. And we appreciate, Stubbs, that you gave us this time. Uh, I, know, I know I follow you. I used to live in London a, a long time. And we wrote, go, go nights go. But can you give us quick, go Elmer, go? Go Elmer, go. Thank you, Stubbs. Thank you very much. Dane, thank you. No problem. Take
1: care. This is Dane Couture talking about the Elmer Cares rally. So there is a lot happening in Elmer in the next couple of days. And you can check out their Facebook page, Elmer Cares. I am up over 472 steps, so went a little higher, but that's okay. The United Way Stair Climb is happening virtually today. Anything that you can do to help out would be fantastic. High school used to be called the best five years of your life. And then they took away grade 13. Bring back grade 13. I still think it would be a good thing to have. There will be some grade 13 activity next year because there will be people who say, you know, we're just going to defer a little bit. We're going to come back. We're going to do that. Well, what has has high school been like? There's only one real way that I always find to know about anything. If you want to know about something, ask someone who's going through it. And I really think it's something that our politicians need to do a whole lot more often than they do. Think about education, think about bringing in all of the plans. What did we hear from some of the main educators? They weren't consulted. They weren't asked about things. Why wouldn't you ask people who are there? It's like undercover boss. When they want to find out about their company, they pretend to be somebody who is on an entry-level position and they find out more about their company than they ever thought they knew and certainly than they could ever know. So here's what I've done. We have so many young people, thousands and thousands and thousands of young people in this province, who are going through their education this year from JK all the way to grade 12, maybe even to grade 13, and it's happening a whole lot differently. This year than it has before. So my son Jack has just come home from school. He has finished his day. Can you imagine this? He's been home now for about a half an hour. So he has finished his day, although there will be homework, and I'm sure there's, there's material for this afternoon. The actual in-school part is done, and it's just after lunch. So we get an opportunity right now just to get a sense of what high school is is like. You and I haven't been on the radio for a while. I think you were five years old doing the weather last time we were on the radio together.
0: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, uh...
1: <laughs> He's now taller than me and definitely no longer five years old. And we're going to do something that is more in depth than the weather, although it's a nice thing to talk about. So you went to school this morning, physically went to school. Can you take us through your day and what that was like?
0: Well, I mean, I drive to school, of course. So you drive I, my
1: car. <laughs> I don't have to drive anymore. I'm stuck in the house. So okay, yeah. you d- you drive to school. Yeah, That's a luxury.
0: Drive the two minutes away. You know, it's <laughs> it's fine. But uh, yeah, so I drive to school. I kind of pull into my space that I have in the parking lot. That you I you have take your about. own
1: parking space. Nobody
0: nobody goes to school. It's only it's only half the people, and it's even less the drive. So. All right, I
1: was expecting this to be a, a whole lot of a downer as far as a conversation, when all of a sudden you're driving to school, you have your own space. Okay, so you slide into your own space.
0: Yeah, and everybody is kind of congregated in the parking lot, whether that's still in cars or in circles around. And I kind of get out of the car, put my mask on, and I join the groups. And we're all pretty well social distanced. I mean, well, that's we good. do, I was we do a really that. good job. But, yeah, so we wait for kind of five minutes before we go into the school because you're not supposed to be in the school until it actually starts or right before it starts and then um so my mask is on I go through the doors some teachers waiting there to give me some hand sanitizer and then I go to class I sit down and then the four hours kind of just starts right there
1: and that's that's school now that's that is okay so walk through the doors teacher with hand sanitizer direct route to one classroom sit down four hours of school. That doesn't sound like high school, does it? No, I'm, I'm not hearing what high school is all about. So you don't even go to a locker?
0: No. I miss my locker so much, I walk <laughs> past it every day.
1: <laughs> your locker, that's kind of the heartbeat of, of everybody's school experience. That's where all your stuff goes. Okay, so no lockers at all. And there are both masters. And octomesters in this area, so a quadmester means you have two classes, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, An octomester means you're doing eight different classes, but you're doing them one at a time. You're an octomester, Mm -hmm. so when you sit down in that room,
0: there's one class you're dealing with for a good four hours. Mm -hmm. So I'm in religion right now, and I had biology my last octomester, and so far it's been really good. I've really I've actually enjoyed the system quite a bit. It's it's more stressful obviously because you kind of have 4 hours to get a week's worth of content in in a day. <laughs> which is crazy to think about, but I've had two really good teachers so far who have done like phenomenal jobs at being able to condense their curriculums into these 20-day periods. But I can't even imagine how stressful that would be if I'm the one who who has to be doing it teaching that that's crazy I
1: I, (laughs) so information obviously comes flying at you how is that in terms of dealing with that information learning it because you're also being tested on this and you're also having to do assignments so does it feel like an overload at the end of like are you are you kind of feeling completely overloaded right now after a day in school
0: you get pretty close to burnout I have to be completely honest you get really close but I haven't felt that yet I know A lot of people who are around me in my classes and such are kind of burnt out about it. Biology is a really, really hard course, especially grade 12 university biology. That's an insane course. So the people who were cramming for tests for weeks before when you only have four weeks of a course, like that's crazy. Plus we have university applications right now. Like I have someone who is applying out of province, so she had to get all of her essays finished by yesterday just so she could start applying for early acceptance it's crazy
1: well we're talking with my son jack who is just home and i thought this would give us a window into what high school is like right now in a global pandemic and under either a quad or octomester system because this is totally different than anything we might remember so you go through the doors you go to your classroom You get the information, you come home, you'll have more work to do now that you're at home?
0: Yeah, I have to finish an assignment. So your
1: day's not done. You've had the in-class, and you go some days out of the week, Mm -hmm. stay home some days out of the week, so there's that aspect of it. How is the from-home learning, how challenging can that be, or does that kind of get into a routine?
0: At this point, I would like to think it's a routine. Especially for me, I like to keep all of my stuff organized. I consider myself a pretty organized person, so I get up in the morning, I check into school, I see what's posted, I finish that, and then by the end of the day, or at least before 1230, I'm able to submit that. I know for a fact that some people aren't as organized as I am, which isn't a slight to them, but for me, it's a pretty decent way of learning. I've been able to retain information, but if that's not the way that someone might like to do that, it might be a bigger issue for them. Let's
1: talk about... Other things in high school that are normally there that are missing. If you were to look at maybe a year ago, you would have your day of school and you play football, so. If you were still alive in the playoffs right now, because it's early November, you'd have football practice. If not, you'd probably have basketball practice, because those seasons kind of blend together. Uh, People who are involved in drama would be getting set for the next production. People who are in band would be doing that and getting ready for, you know, band practice. All of that's gone. How much do you miss that as a student?
0: It's surreal being home. You know i I miss football so much right now because that was that's been my routine for the past three years of my life. I do uh, either two or three classes, eat lunch, do the other remaining classes, and then I go right to the locker room and then football practice starts and then i'm home at what five right sure. before right before dinner, eat dinner, and then I can finish all my homework and that was a pretty solid routine for three years i don't have that anymore I have Wake up early in the morning, drive to school, four hours, drive home. <laughs> you know.
1: And sports is is gone. Do you guys talk about the fact that it's gone at all, or is it just hey you've come to accept it's not there and nobody's really reminiscing at the moment?
0: See, I've been I've been separated from a lot of my friend group who I would have played football with. So it's it's really. Difficult to kind of interact with them and be all like, "Oh man, we could have been playing football right now." Oh, I miss that so much. But we'll still tell stories about you know the last couple seasons to some of the newer kids who are around. So that's always fun. But it's it's taken a it's taken a toll on some people for sure. Let's talk
1: about the fact that you would normally have assemblies, or you know, the Catholic school system has mass, and that becomes a Big part of your education, the school gets together. That that whole school body feeling, that's gone. Do you notice that missing?
0: For sure, the student body at my school, at least, is super active. You know, with spirit stuff and all sorts of things like that. Like I'm starting to miss mass. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think that's something I would ever say because you know a lot of kids are kind of iffy on mass. They might they might not even go. I would go right now. I miss it, you know. I miss being able to see everyone. It's been a it's been a difficult time for sure. But with assemblies, like we used to have spirit assemblies for sports and stuff, like almost pep rally type situations, I miss those so much. It used to be so much fun, but there's there's none of that. There's no community anymore, and that's so hard.
1: Yeah. And that's that's so much a part of high school. Now you may have people saying well at least we live because throughout this pandemic people will say at least we live when we do at least we have the technology to communicate in many different ways we have our phones we can do those things and you may hear that hey social media kids are all over it you know they they can text back and forth they'd rather text than talk all those sorts of things is that enough in communication right now or or do you miss the personal interaction
0: I, for one, miss the personal interactions so much. Having no school from March until June last year was insane, because I didn't really get to see my friends. I saw two of my friends on my birthday, which is in May, and in from- In a drive-by situation. Yeah, in a drive-by situation. Um, so from March to May, I really didn't see anybody, so I only had my phone to interact with people, and that gets really stale really quick, you know? You don't, you don't get that face-to-face stuff. You don't get that actual, human, genuine interaction. So that's really, it was yeah, that's, it's wild.
1: How do you think students are doing from that standpoint? How much of a struggle has this been or a challenge has this been for some students from a mental health perspective?
0: The thing is, I consider myself lucky. I have a lot of people in my life who are willing to stand by me throughout really anything. Like, I have a pretty solid circle of friends, and it's pretty big. I In my last two classes, I've had really, really close friends who have all sat near me and we've been able to talk and kind of bounce things uh, off each other about the course. And, you know, that's friendship. You have that. The problem is we have two different cohorts. So I've already lost some of my friends who are in cohort A since I'm in cohort B. Because you really have no interaction
1: with the other cohort.
0: Not a whole lot.
1: Don't see, you might, you know chat with them by text or Mm -hmm. or something else, but you're not seeing them on a regular basis. When they're in school, you're not. Mm -hmm. When you're in school, they're not. Yep. Okay. So if you look at the the fact that you are separated like that, how would kids who maybe are not in a cohort with a lot of friends, don't have that interaction with a lot of friends, how tough would it be on them?
0: If you... There's no problem with having a small circle of friends. Like, that's totally fine. But the thing is, if you're completely isolated from the rest of your friends because of different cohorts, I I can't even imagine how tolling that is on you. Like, you don't have any sort of um, person to reach out to who isn't kind of an adult in that situation, especially if you're more of an introverted person. So you have to look and you have to hope that people in higher up situations are able to um, kind of converse about keeping these kids in more healthy situations, you know? Absolutely. Well, overall protocols, I mean,
1: students at a high school level are, are always thought to be, well, you know, they'll, they won't pay attention. They, they just want to, you know, go against anything. They, they, they'll stop listening. What are you finding? Is everybody kind of following the instructions, the rules?
0: it's honestly crazy. We've done a really, really good job so far. Like everybody wears their masks. Everybody's getting the hand sanitizer in the morning and people are even sanitizing like throughout the day. Um, my school had one incident a couple weeks ago, um, with people just kind of standing in the bathrooms or too many being, in there at the same yeah, time. Yeah. just being outside in the hall. I don't know if they had their masks on or off. I really fingers crossed that they had them on. Cause that, you know, that's, that's a whole lot better, but we did have one incident but other than that it's been perfect
1: and that's a pretty yeah. small incident that's yep. that's good to know wow well a very different world do you check in with people just to see how they're doing every once in a while
0: i've made an effort to just make sure that my friends are in good places right now because i know how stressful this can be and i know how i don't want to say a bad environment because it they've done a really really good job but it's not an ideal environment so i've i'm trying my best
1: hey well, thank you for sharing all of this with us, because it paints an incredible picture of what's happening. Actually... We have seen the new tiered system brought in, and that's going to indicate how restrictions work in Ontario. We right now are in the green prevent tier, and that's where you want to be. That's about as good as it's going to get right now. You don't want to be in the red section, and you certainly don't want to be in lockdown because that was unveiled by the province earlier this week. But it seems everybody is going to be moving into more open sections, provided we can keep our case counts relatively low. And that word relatively is always relative in the way that they're going to look at case counts. Used to be under 100 was, hey, that's fantastic. That's great. Or, oh, well, we only had 200 and some. Now we kind of hover around a 1,000 a day in this province. We've seen some major issues in Europe where it's not that they're hovering around a 1,000 a day. It's that they are in five-digit rises. And that has prompted the United Kingdom to go into another lockdown, which begins today. And we get to head to the United Kingdom, which normally is doing some celebrating right now because it's Guy Fawkes Day. F-A-W-K-E-S. Guy Fox, Joining us all the way from England is Paul Crush. Paul, thanks for doing this. No problem. Let's, uh, before we get to Guy Fox Day and what's normally a, a nice celebration, let's talk about what this new lockdown is bringing. What can you do and what can't you do right now in England?
3: Uh, well, in theory, you're only allowed to leave the house if you're a... uh, In employment that is essential, Uh, although schools are still open, so I'm leaving the house to take my daughter to school and bring her back from school, but I'm not going to work now. Uh, If you're considered essential employment, you can go to work. Uh, And then the only other real reason for leaving the house is either shopping for food or exercise. And you are allowed to exercise pretty much as much as you like but you're meant to maintain social distancing and there's also rules about how many people you can be around uh really at the moment it's only one person outside your immediate family so you could go running with a friend from down the road but not two friends from down the road
1: (laughs) okay how did these particular lockdown restrictions compare to the ones that you would have gone through in the spring very similar or are there subtle differences
3: uh the the schools being open is quite a big difference. Uh, we had to go through months of homeschooling our daughter uh, then, which was trying. Uh, and the the restrictions are, are in the first place were quite a lot on how much you could go out. You Initially, you couldn't go out at all. Then it was like an hour exercise a day. And then that slowly moved to more exercise a day. But the amount of people you could see was well, you weren't meant to be seeing anybody outside your own family. So from that point of view, it's, it's a bit more relaxed than that. We think mainly because they've learnt more about it and learnt what the problems are and how to avoid it. Although, given the fact we've got a much higher rate than you guys, how much do they know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's just it. We're talking with Paul Crush from England right now. We're talking about day one of new lockdown restrictions. So essential workers, anyone who's involved with school, either going to it or the teaching of it or anybody who needs to buy groceries or go out for a walk or a run or get a little fresh air, get a little exercise in. That's it. But other than that, you're not supposed to leave the house. How's everybody doing in England right now? Because we talk a lot about COVID fatigue. How much COVID fatigue do you find
3: that there is? I think there's a bit of that. I mean, there's still a lot of talk about it, but a lot of people are getting quite fed up with it. You also find people are getting quite a very English word, tetchy, uh, getting upset with each other quite easily and things like that. Uh, uh, and there are people that really are still saying it's not real, you know, it's not really a big problem. We should just be able to go out and do what we like. Uh, so you, you're getting a whole range of some people are literally taking it very seriously and uh, you know, have pretty much been locking themselves away. And you get people right through to people that are just almost ignoring it hopefully not too many of those uh, yeah
1: if somebody were but, to ignore any of these new restrictions have they laid out punishments that could it, be uh, brought in you I, do you face that kind of stuff
3: it is it is a legal thing they have actually passed it into law so they can actually i don't actually know what the punishments are cuz you'd have to read the whole document uh, i'm sure they have mentioned them but i think they are just going we're not allowed to do it so uh there are i mean i know in the first lockdown there were people who had gatherings at their house were fined you know 1000 pounds or something Oof. uh what the what the levels really are i don't know uh I, I haven't planned to break them, so I haven't worried too much about them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the right That's the right attitude to have. Paul Cross joining us from England, where the UK has gone into day one of their new lockdown. And interesting that it would start today, because today is Guy Fawkes Day, which, for anyone in Canada, not that big a deal. In the US, well, it's still ballot counting day, so they're not really focused in on anything. But Guy Fawkes Day, how big a day is this normally in the UK?
3: Quite big. It's not massive, massive. I mean, it's not anything like Halloween over there or anything like that. But most people will do something. Not always today. Some people, there'll be displays, public displays. Sometimes they'll wait for those for the weekend. You know, a lot of local schools will have their own display. We normally end up going to the local, uh, my daughter's local school display. And then there's a big one in town, which we go to. And the big one in town will have 50,000 people there. Uh, all just on, there's a ba- basically a large park in the middle of town, and uh, they'll have a firework display. There'll, there'll be a fun fair off to one side, and then after they've done the firework display, which will last for half an hour maybe, maybe 25 minutes. It doesn't sound very long, but they're setting off thousands and thousands of pounds worth of fireworks in that time. It's a so very, this it does device. have
1: a a little bit of a does have a little bit of a celebration to it normally today.
3: Yeah, indeed. I mean, people. I mean, children especially look forward to it a lot. Uh, you know, some people actually have Halloween parties. Uh, it's not big in the, the. It's not big Halloween parties, but the going to firework displays is definitely quite a big thing. It, most people will do it.
1: Okay, and yeah. it. Falls today. Now what do you think? Can you look out the window? Because there tend to be bonfires, oh, like you say, fireworks. Can you see anything happening out the window are doing right our now? Own fireworks.
3: We've we've done our own mini display. Uh my daughter's not particularly keen on the loud noises, so we managed to find some low uh low noise fireworks and did some on our front lawn. Uh, I love the fact there if, are low if I look noise. Fireworks. Garden, if I look out now, I, there'll be fireworks going off Every five minutes, you'll see another little bunch go off sort of thing with people doing their own mini displays in the garden.
1: Okay, so fact, things are still, they're still going, going but they're, <laughs> they're not gathering together to do this, and, and all no, this is okay? People are,
3: doing it, people are doing it in their own back gardens or things like that. So it's, right. it's a very, you know, dotted around. But we went and stood on our drive for a while, and we could see fireworks from around the neighborhood going off at various intervals sort of thing.
1: Guy Fawkes Day, which is normally, or or Guy Fawkes Night, which is normally at least a bit of a celebration in the UK, a little bit muted this time around, and day one of the lockdown. Paul, as a final thing, you mentioned grocery stores, and we had seen stockpiling going on earlier in this pandemic in parts of the world where you know we ran out of toilet paper for a while i don't know how scarce it became yep. in the uk but how about that sort of thing right now when you do go to the store yep. are you able to get what you need
3: yeah we pretty much i mean i've i've been to the local store reasonably recently and the levels of toilet roll, why everybody's fixated by toilet roll, I've got no idea, but the levels of toilet roll were down and the levels of pasta were down, but most other things seemed okay. Uh, I think we did get a lot of that the first time round. So, you know, it the, the place looked like it had been ram-rained. It raided the first time round. You went, I went to our local supermarket and all the bread had gone, all the pasta had gone, all the rice had gone, all the toilet paper had gone you know, most, a lot of the meat had gone. It was really quite empty. You know, you were going around thinking, well, if I buy that tin of chickpeas, can I make something with it? (laughs) You know, you were sort of almost at that level. And that lasted a few weeks while people got used to it. And then I think they realised that the supermarkets were still going to be able to provide food and stuff. And so it then backed off a bit. But they were, even, you know, after about a week, they'd basically got to the point where if they got stocks of anything, it was being rationed mm. of, of things like pasta and things like that. You could only get a certain amount of it. Uh, well, so I say this time round, it seems a lot more sensible. Other people are, you know, I think they realized from last time that it's not going to be that bad.
1: And do they have any idea how long this particular lockdown might last? Have they said, okay, we're going to do this for two weeks, or we're going to do this for a month, or have well, they the left it open-ended? The initial thing
3: is for a month, so they they basically said the plan is from now till very early December. But uh, we have a thing called a furlough scheme, which is where the government is paying people who are off work a percentage of their salary. Uh, You know, so if you're a non-essential worker and you can't now work, uh, basically, they'll be paying you a percentage of your salary. And they had that initially. Then Then they started winding it down to a lower level as things started opening up a bit. And for this month, they've gone back to that again. And they've just announced that they might then be carrying that right through till February, March time. Hmm. So, they're allowing for a month straight away, but you can see they're already possibly planning for it to possibly go on a bit longer.
1: Right. Well, here's hoping right. it can be as temporary as possible, because we're still living in a whole lot of uncertainty. Well, <laughs> Paul, keep your chin up and uh, and enjoy as much as you can of the memories of Guy Fox Night, and keep yourself safe. We really appreciate you bringing us up to date on how things are going in the UK on Day one of the latest lockout. Thanks for this.
3: No problem, Mike. Cheers.
1: That's Paul Crush. Lives in the UK, just outside a little town called Milton, and they are going through a new lockdown that is at least a month hoping that they can bring case counts down. And the reason that they want to bring them down, you can just look back at the last couple of days of what they have seen in terms of new COVID-19 activity in the UK. We're looking at major jumps where yesterday the number of new cases in the United Kingdom, 25,000. And you think back to how difficult everything got in say, April, even March to some extent, they were dealing with the high in the UK, 7,800 cases. Sometimes they would be at 5,000, 4,500. Now, they had a day of 26,000 on October 21st, and that's prompted additional activity. So are they more prepared for it? Yes. But we don't want to be in that particular situation because... They went down into the hundreds in the summer. Now, typically they didn't get down under a 100 like we did in Ontario, but they were down under a 1,000, let's say, and then it started going 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, but then instead of plateauing at that point, it shot up, and that's the kind of stuff that we've had some proactive measures essentially put in place in Ontario to hopefully keep us from being in that place in A month or a couple of months from now well we hope that the science bails us out with a treatment or a vaccine at some point sooner rather than later you've been listening to the london live podcast catch the show live on weekdays from one to three